Oh, hi there. Oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> it is incredible the reception that you get here. Like, I'm like, whoa. Whoa. So for Words those right of us now, who, Okay. Oh, hi. Okay, so hi, welcome back to our podcast. Hi, Carlos. <laughs> hi, George. This is the Malaka Media Podcast. And for those of you who are joining us on YouTube, you can tell that I am a potato. <laughs> oh, for hilarious. So the reason why I did this was because of that um, article that went around last week. Um, and so like, this is kind of like, you know what I realized? Our show is kind of like mm -hmm. that John Oliver show last week tonight, because it premieres on a Monday. So he talks about everything that happened the week before the Monday. So it's like it already happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know true. It's kind of like that vibe, right? And yeah. so last week, the, the article went around the internet of the woman who, uh, I guess, like downloaded this Snapchat filter camera for her PC, um, turned herself into a potato and couldn't figure out how to take it off. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was hilarious. So I figured I would uh, download the app, play around with it. And then I decided to surprise Carlos with myself as a potato. And it episode. is absolutely hilarious. I... I haven't laughed that hard in a very long time. I'm not that that was, I was you got nervous. me on that one, man. Carlos, I was nervous. I feel like you were a little upset for like 30 seconds. No way. Are you kidding me? I was laughing so hard. I love it, dude. Like, no dude, way. Dude, stop. Dude, stop. <laughs> well, it's just creepy, but in a funny way. <laughs> like like I wouldn't be able to do a whole episode. Like um, yeah, so this is just to encourage and to promote our YouTube channel um we really love that you guys listen to us and join um and have us join you on well i mean you're not really going anywhere anymore but um you know for those of you who are still listening to us um and want to like break that up check us out on youtube because you know we record these sessions and you can see carlos's uh, beautiful face what a mug what a what a guy and yeah. me as a potato right not so bad Wait, yourself, potato. Didn't you have a joke with Barb with Barbie that you're like, you're my potato, I'm her potato? Yeah, we just called each other that. It was just a nickname. I don't even remember I don't even remember how it came about. But yeah, yeah. Somebody from the gym, her and I, we called each other that and it just stuck. Are you um, a fan of potatoes? I'm a huge fan. Huge fan of potatoes. What are your um, top three favorite ways to eat a potato? Oh man. Um, ah, I think I think a baked potato is my number one. <sighs> with all with all the, the with all the stuff, and then like, so like butter, sour cream, cheese, bacon, yes, chives. Yes, yeah, got it. Uh huh. Everything, everything. Um, and I say mashed potatoes second. And then chopped, just chopped, baked, you know, uh, with some butter or, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Uh, French fries. Love mm -hmm. French fries. I love like all the unhealthy ways of eating a potato. I love French fries. I love potato chips. And I love, um, I, so right now I'm obsessed with hash browns. Ooh, yeah. You were having that the other day when I called mm -hmm. you. So if, I, I'm going to give away my secrets. I really shouldn't okay. do this because it's my, it's, I mean, it's a secret, but I'll tell, I'll tell you. I'll tell you and then I'll become a regular boy. Okay. Um, 
Publix sells frozen shredded potato already like done. So you throw it into a pan with like olive oil and salt and then you just let it fucking sit there until it like crisps up on the bottom and then you flip it and you have hash browns. And it's like 10 minutes and it's so good. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds Thank you very amazing. much and good night. you're back i'm back look at that handsome face here i am there you are yeah i shaved i decided to wake up and since today is my last day at 40 years old um, that's right yeah tomorrow's your birthday this is monday april 6th and your birthday is tomorrow april 7th and i want to just go ahead and thank everybody that wished me um happy birthday today uh, because they clearly misunderstood the post that I posted on Instagram. <laughs> Somehow they thought today was my birthday. Last day. And today's like by 40, which means tomorrow is hello 41. But uh, whatever, whatever. So um, before you want to like do like a quick, like let people know who we're bringing on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have our guest. He's already, he's already in the waiting room. Okay. Um, so... Oh, I'm texting him now. Yeah, guys, so this is like an evolution, right? Like, so last week we had Danny already on, then Carlos and I talked, and now we're just like doing this like little pre-show. And then the next segment we'll have our guest yeah. on, who's like a really interesting, has had like a really interesting life and has like very unexpected, I mean, he's had an unexpected career. That's for damn sure. Like, I don't know anybody who does what he does. And when I found out that he's the person who does that thing that he does, I was like, oh, snap. Uh, so I can't wait for yeah. you to introduce him. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, this he's, uh, podcast <laughs> is not sponsored by Bubbly or Ghirardelli Chocolate, which is delicious. Please send which us an email to Delicious. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed this intro as you as a potato, and I hope that everyone who's listening will watch the YouTube video because it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah, so we have our second guest, and uh, he's actually our first guest that is approaching 40. Oh, he's already 40. Sorry. So he's, so he's our, our first 40-year-old uh, guest, mm-hmm. and yeah, his name is Michael Mendez, and he's uh, a big contributor to the community here in Miami, and he is, along with his brother, I believe, which we'll find out more, is the owners of Mendez Fuel, and, um, and we'll talk more about it now. So you ready to bring them on? Yeah. All right. I'm just gonna do this quick little thing here. I think this yeah. is gonna be better for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you mm-hmm. go. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Let's see. Should be coming on in any second. <laughs> Oh, it's like that. Well, then if that's oh, if yeah, that, then I'm gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, can you hear us? Hear me? Yeah, man. What's up, dude? I don't know. I had to disconnect from uh, from my i my AirPods. Oh, that, hey, man, that's that's good. So for those of you that that are listening and 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 don't watch the YouTube, Mike showed up with a face mask. How appropriate. How appropriate was that, dude? In today's today's times. Yeah, dude. And then and then George quickly switched over to 
<laughs> a pickle. <laughs> we are we are embracing the COVID and Zoom culture. Oh, I hear you now even better. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, All we're embracing right. the, the, the COVID-19 slash Zoom slash Tiger King culture is what we're doing. I'm just living out my best life here. Nah, you should just stay like that the whole time. Bro. I'm like, 2020 <laughs> is fucking crazy, so why not just spend the rest of the year living like a pickle? <laughs> Who's going to judge you, man? <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we have Michael Mendez. I, I've always called you Mike. People call you Mike, right? Yeah, people call me Mike, Mikey, asshole. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right. All right. Well, Mendez. asshole over here. Yeah. All right. He uh, at, at, the, at the current moment. Well, so I'll, I'll basically go through a, a brief history. We actually went to high school together. And, um, and I, be, I believe that um, we graduated together, right? Yep. 97. Uh, class of 97. 97. Yeah. Class of 97. Yeah. And, um, and lots of happened since which we'll get into but currently he is uh one of the owners of mendez fuel here in miami um and and yeah he's a a, a, a father a husband a, a fellow moaka and and yeah and george george you you know mike too right or no we just met we just <laughs> met right now as a pickle yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I Man. met I I met George back in my CrossFit heydays before my retirement. Oh, dude, that's right. Yeah, man. So you did CrossFit too at some point, huh? I did in uh, in the Gables. Uh, that's where I met George uh, nice. back in the IM CrossFit days. Nice, dude. That's yeah, awesome. it was like that was a. It's crazy how long it's been when you think about it, because it has been like. I mean, it's, I mean, it's been 10 years since I started that whole thing. And uh, the, like, it doesn't seem like that much time has passed, but yet here it is, you're like 10 years later, like, I don't even want to, like, have you? Well, I don't know, let me just, yeah. That's how we know each other, from yeah. CrossFit Gables. Correct. Yeah, man. yeah, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, from that time to where I'm at now in life, it's crazy. You know, back then I was, I was single, so now I'm married with three kids, <laughs> you know, so just how time flies. Wow, dude. That's, that's, yeah. that's amazing, man. Three. I, you know what? I thought you had two. You have three kids. How old are they? I got a five-year-old uh, little girl, Alexandra, a three-year-old little boy called Parker, and a little girl that's about a year and a couple of months called Francesca. So, Congratulations. No, we, thank you. It's definitely uh, this quarantine <laughs> Test, test every all your levels of patience. <laughs> You're about to. Yeah, I'm about to <clears throat> come out of my own Tiger King show for feeding my kids to the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, really, more than anything else, it's it's hats off to my wife for she's had to become a Montessori teacher, a uh, a regular teacher, <laughs> and on top of that, you know, obviously with my the little one because I, I i'm still going to work every single day but uh it's been it's been really challenging to say the least especially for her so wow man yeah i can imagine that's a, 
a lot with the with the whole parents, you know, being having to be there and people working from home and also being there for their kids for the, for yeah. the educational portion. You know, that's that's crazy. So so in, in, in amongst all of the craziness with with the coronavirus, your your business is, keeps going. Yeah, I mean, we it's 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 good and it's bad in the sense where, you know, financially, it's not good. Um, we're up and running, uh, at this point, really kind of to service the community, uh, we're still allowed to operate. Uh, so we've kind of become more of a, you know, there's a couple of reasons we're still open. Number one is obviously to give my employees jobs and to continue, uh, being able to afford to pay them. So we're, we're, you know, I sent the memo two weeks ago within the company. I have about 40 42 employers in that. And I said, you know, these are crazy times. Everybody has to kind of get on board. You know, I'm, I'm effectively not paying myself moving forward. All the executives, which are my brother and my other general manager will take a 25% pay cut and everybody will have to kind of cut hours, especially since we are getting rid of the overnight shift uh, and kind of, blend in and, and hopefully given everybody enough hours to, to be able to live. And, yeah. you know, everybody got on board real quick, which is great. Um, and we were able to give everybody enough hours. So as of right now, we haven't had to lay off anybody, um, thankfully. So, you know, we're running where we're, you know, we're, we've made a lot of modifications very quick. Um, uh, we, you know, we, uh, we're actually, Two things will happen this week, which I never thought I was going to do, which is, um, number one, we will start effectively delivering uh, beer and wine uh, within everybody's certain zip codes within the radius of our stores. Um, yeah. 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 I'm going to be driving around all day. Uh, <laughs> That's, that's why I didn't want to do this ever. Because I knew I was, was going to be stuck driving. Uh, well, at least at least there's less traffic, dude. That is definitely a plus. And, and that's gas good, is man. Cheap, and gas is cheap right now. <laughs> right. So, right. That's uh, good. No, that's good, man. And then the second is we, you know, we've always been very socially responsible within our community. So we are actually going to set up. Hopefully we'll get going a little bit by tomorrow, but I think by the rest of this week, my goal is to serve 150 meals a day to anybody who's in need. Uh, they can come by the store and we'll have them pre-done and ready. Um, you know, nothing fancy, but you know, they'll be there uh, and be able to, people can just come in, pick them up and go. Um, and so that's something that I felt that was something we needed to do. And at the same time, um, you know, I have enough employees that we can, with time to kill really. So right. uh, <laughs> this will so. be a, a cool way for, for us to kind of get involved and get back uh, and give back to our, to our local area. So, I mean, it's, it's been challenging, but it's also, you know, forced us to think outside the box uh, forces to do things a little bit differently. My employees to, to you know, I, I'm in a very ordinary business uh, that's 
that's had to that we try to be a little bit different every day but now we're, we're really trying to be different you know we've mm. we're selling toilet paper like it's crazy uh oh. <laughs> like we're selling face masks which i i effectively actually stopped selling them like two weeks ago because i felt bad because none of the hospitals had them so i was like i can't sell masks if the hospitals don't have them so we stopped selling them uh and we gave them yeah. we gave them away so i mean it, it's it's interesting it's an interesting time yeah yeah absolutely mike so for people who don't know you um like carlos had his origin story episode um i did mine mm -hmm. and can you just kind of like walk all of the listeners and viewers of this episode kind of like that so i kind of that's tell you've told us where you are today in this crazy moment so um let's let's rewind the tape a little bit and tell us how um a guy like you ends up running a craft beer a uh, healthy food gas station? Yeah. So, love that. Love that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, we'll go way back to 1997. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Woo! Yeah. Milwaukee years. I, yeah. I end up, uh, I end up at West Michigan Christian. Uh, yeah, you did. Strictly for, for baseball purposes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, just because I'm a, a good Christian boy, too. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I ended up over there. And uh, actually, I went I went through public school my whole life, except my last two years um, for to Westminster. But long story short, I, I went there. I ended up thinking I was going to be in the major leagues one day. Obviously, I was an incredibly naive person. Um, you know, in that back in those days, you know, I was talking like, you know, when I'm in, you know, when I'm in the big leagues, like if I was talking like if I was already happy, you know, um, right. you know, and then life hits you. I played college, several injuries. I finished out playing at FIU um, later. Fast forward, you know, the I was fortunate. I came out of college and I and I. Um, and my first job was actually really kind of interesting. I ended up working for Danny Johnson. So Danny Johnson is the ex-wife of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I start working for them, they're married. Um, and so I started doing financial services. She is a financial services guru, uh, incredibly respected in the industry. I don't know how the fuck I got this job, but I got this job. <laughs> nice. I, I graduated with a history degree and I end up in a financial firm. Um, so whatever, long story short, I, I passed my series seven. I get my broker's license. I still don't know Dick. Like I don't know a thing. Um, so I, I, I stick it out with these guys for several years. Well, long story short, myself and Dwayne, the rock end up becoming buddies. And buddies in the sense where, like, I was really like a gopher for him. Right. Um, I would just, like, literally hang out with him all day. Um, right. You know, those those times where yeah. he, he, like, would invite me. He was like, oh, come over to the house and, and just, you know, I, I need to put my CDs in, into my Apple, my, my iPod. This is was literally, like, the original iPod. Yeah. Or is he? No, no, he's doing movies. This was, his movie era was, uh, at that point, he had done, uh, he already had done Scorpion King. 
Okay. Uh, he already had done uh, a couple movies. He had the one that he had just finished rapping was the one where he's like the uh, prison coach for the kids. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but that was a movie he had just wrapped, and he was actually on hold for a year with Sony for a movie called Spy Hunter that never got off the ground. So literally, he got paid for a full year of his work, but it never got off the ground. So he just hung out for a year. Um, with you. Yeah, yeah, dude. This is like this is like the original. (laughs) That's crazy, dude. That's amazing. iPod, uh, uh, iPod, you know where you have to put your CDs in and then like download them over. Like that was that time, (laughs) and so (laughs) you know we would spend hours literally. And he's obsessed with Elvis. So this guy had like this incredible like library of Elvis, and we would just go through all that. And then it got to the point too where. For whatever reason, he started trusting me with his his clothing. So he would like fly me to LA sometimes to go shopping for him, which was, was fascinating. So well, I have to interrupt you. I have to interrupt you for a second because that is something I don't know. I, you must know. But when we were in high school, that's you were. That's one of the things you were known for. You were great. You are currently, but you know we're gonna get into that as far as like fashion and being forty and everything. But but you you know that people always recognize that you had a great sense of fashion. You know this about. Yourself yeah, or no? no, I mean, I know that yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely in the, uh, in the metrosexual world of that. I fall into that category for sure. I'm very, you know, as I've gotten older, I've probably gotten more toned down into what I like. And I know now back then I was a little bit more daring, I think, but, yeah. uh, but how either many way, Dutch hats did you own? how many, what Von Dutch hats did you own? Oh, man. I probably had, like, the whole series. <laughs> the, whole, the whole series. Uh, okay, so and Dwayne that, Johnson Tom, is trusting yeah. you with his clothes, uh-huh. and you're going shopping so, for him in L.A. So I'm going shopping for him. I'm doing that. And then, you know, at the same time, I'm, like, pretending to be in financial services. Um, <laughs> so, so, whatever. Long story short, I, I ended up with this interesting niche that I created out of default and I and I and I started to really understand the whole nonprofit world so the rock basically handed over to me his foundation to to get it off the ground and at the same time Danny his his wife at the time also was getting a foundation off the ground as well so that really kind of took a lot of my time in that world is, is getting these two nonprofits uh, going. Uh, both were completely different. My The Rock's idea that I started was really, since he he is actually the number one wish grantor in the world for Make-A-Wish. Um, really? Wow. He's actually, honestly, man, like, I've never seen somebody so genuine with people uh, in that world, which I got to meet a lot being around him. Uh, dude, this guy really, like, we would be at dinner. Like, I'll give you an example. We'd be at dinner or lunch or whatever, and people would come up to us and be like, hey, you know, can, can I get your autograph rock and all this stuff? And he'd be like, you know, let me finish eating. And when I finish eating, I'll find you. Oh, whatever. You know, an hour goes by, an hour and a half, and we'll get up to leave, and, and I would see him. He would go and find every single person and go up to them, take a picture with them, talk to them, spend a few minutes with them. And he was, and he's, and he's like that. He's just, he's just one of those genuine, just like cool, 
people that that really cares about people. So That's with awesome, Make a Wish, with Make a Wish, he was like that. Um, he was the number one wish granter. So what we did is I created what's called the Rocks Toy Chest. So we would go around and put in different hospitals throughout the country this toy chest that we would then have partners uh, partnerships with different toy companies and they would fill it. So kids that were staying in the hospital for X amount of time were get an opportunity to go to his toy chest and pick a toy. Uh, and that's kind of like where we started with that. And then nice, uh, dude. It, that's awesome. It was cool. It was cool. It was, it was, uh, it was interesting, you know, talking to like Mattel and like the main, these like huge toy companies. And, uh, you know, here's Michael Mendes, the little Hispanic kid from Miami. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, can I get some GI Joes? Um, so, so it was, it was, it was, it was a cool time. And then, you know, the market crashed and I got fired and, um, and all of a sudden I went from like flying in private planes and living the life in Hollywood and Calabasas next to the Kardashians. And, and, uh, all of a sudden I'm without a job back in Miami, you know, with my tail between my legs, obviously embarrassed uh you know the economy's falling apart there's nowhere for me to find a job what were you embarrassed about you know it's just like i was i was at the top of my game you know i was 20 at this time i'm like 26 years old 27 years old i thought i had the world by its balls and you know the world grabbed me by the balls and said no dude here you go you know here's a dose of some humble pie and uh and it, and it was, it was incredibly humbling. You know, at the time I was living with my best friend, uh, which Carlos knows very well, Javi Lopez. And, yeah. you know, Javi went to Harvard, George Washington, and his career starting to take off. And, and here I am literally trying to like find rent money. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, mortgage money and, mm-hmm. and try to, you know, you know, so then I, 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 I kind of started to become, you know, the next, uh, the you know one of the typical Miami uh, careers and an entrepreneur uh, that everybody likes to put it's either like you know what is it a realtor or an entrepreneur uh, right so, <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah so I, uh, I I'm an entrepreneur and I'm literally for I start pretending to to work like yeah, I would literally come get out of my bed and walk to my office, which is my desk in front of my my my, my bed, <laughs> and, and sit there like hoping for something to happen. But you know, like everything, there's a silver lining. You no, know? um, you know, at the time, too, one of my best friends, um, his name is Alex Abril. So Alex owned all these high-end women's boutiques throughout South Miami: Studio Lex, Blush market i'm sure you guys are are kind of familiar throughout the Mm -hmm. years they've been around for like 50 for probably like 25 years yeah definitely so alex alex and i become really best like inseparable uh alex was 10 years older than me at the time uh and he really kind of helped me in several fronts but more than anything else we had the best time um and the silver lining and all that was that, you know, about four or five months after I get laid off or fired, um, he gets diagnosed with brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what was crazy 
you know, is that I had all this time to spend with him. Um, so it was the silver lining in, in losing my job was that one of my closest friends is going to die in 18 months. And I got all the time in the world to spend with him. And, and we did. And we, and we did that. We literally did that. Exactly that. We spent almost every single waking moment that we could just hanging out and spending time together, going out, like going out, like going out. Like <laughs> there was no, like he would literally take his chemo pills. <laughs> we would be in Casa Tua, you know, two hours later, like if nothing <laughs> happened. Uh, and, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, it was like a, a champ, you know? And, and, um, and it was, it was interesting. And, you know, at the same time, it's, it's kind of where I reconnect with my, my, my wife now. Um, and so that, that whole like year, year and a half was, was, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. You know, I, I, I came out of that married. Um, I lost the best friend, but I learned so much. I fell in love. You know, How got old married. I was 30 when it all ends up falling apart with him passing away. It was like 31, 32. Uh -huh. mm. Um, so yeah, I think I'm married at 32. Yeah, I'm 40 now. So yeah, yeah, it was like 32, 31, 32. Um, you know, he dies. So I, on the day of my wedding, he couldn't go because he was he was already in hospice. Uh, so we, myself and Javi, uh, my best friend, my best man at the time uh, for the wedding, we went like two hours before my wedding and fully in our tuxes and all that. And we were able to spend time with Alex um, there with him in his bed. And, and uh, he was already kind of touch and go at that time. And his daughter, which crazy enough, she just got married about three weeks ago in Cartagena. And that was actually pretty special to go to. Um, That's amazing. So she went to the wedding in his place to, for his dad. So I, you know, I got to dance with her and, and, you know, the wedding was over the next morning. I get a call from his daughter and she was 18 at the time. And she tells me, she's like, he's not talking anymore. So, you know, I looked at my wife and I said, you know, we have to cancel our honeymoon uh, or postpone it. Um, and she was obviously, awesome about it and she's like yeah absolutely no questions asked and she's like go and so we canceled he died the next day and and uh you know and it was it was uh it was an interesting like again it was uh i looked back at it and i learned so much from it um and it was uh it was it was an interesting time as well and then what was great is that we got to leave on our honeymoon about a week later so it was a great time to kind of disconnect from all that um, that heavy world and spend time with my wife and, and do that and start life a different life, you know? So, wow, yeah. Yeah. So no, man, that, that's, um, that's a very, uh, cut up version of 1997 to, to, uh, right. to up to now. <laughs> so then, well, so then, so then the fuel comes, up, comes about. So that's a whole, I end up buying from Javi's dad my first gas station which is the one on 32nd and Corway. so i favorite, my favorite one by the way right it's it's everybody's favorite one and Wait, so like, great. i have questions because i'm like go you have this when i when i am in the presence of somebody who has had um 
a very different path to their 40. Um, I get curious because mine, mine to me is very linear. Like I went to school, I went to another school, I got a job, I did that job for a while, and I have another job, and then I got married, and I'm also gay. Yeah. Like my fun thing. But, um, uh, but yeah, so like to be unemployed and then to use that time to have um, these very, very like emotionally impactful moments with people who mean a lot to you um, at such a, at a relatively young age. Cause I mean, regardless of what we say, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of an adult now for the first time. <laughs> everything that kind of happened before I got here was just me like just fucking trying to figure it out. And 32, well, we were like really not trying to figure out shit. It was, like, <laughs> yeah. it was just fucking happening. And Adulting done wrong. I mean, you don't even know what the fuck's going on. You're just like, and if you live in Miami and you're going out all the time, you definitely don't know what's going on. For right. right. sure. And so, but you're having all these things happen to you. So it's clearly like laying some sort of foundation in the way that you're thinking about things in the way that you, you probably think about things now. And so like you you're an entrepreneur, which like, this is like, I mean, I don't know how you make things from nothing. Like, I don't, what is that like? Like, how do you decide that you're going to go into buying a gas station? So it's, it's funny you say it. So I, I actually skipped over a part there um, when you bring this up is that, so about a year after I get fired, and even though I, I'm spending all this time with Alex, I end up deciding that I, I'm going to buy a restaurant in Palm Beach, <laughs> which I do. <laughs> I buy this QSR, a quick serve restaurant, which is essentially like a, a spin off of a chicken kitchen in Jupiter, Florida. But mind you, I'm still living here. Uh, so every day I was getting up and driving my ass at, to Palm Beach. So this, it, was a, it was an up and running restaurant already. It, made, it was making money. So it was like kind of like a turnkey situation to a certain degree i knew nothing about restaurants nothing whatsoever uh whatever i was like fuck it i got nothing else to do you Wait, know i'm gonna buy this hold on. what do you think like gives you that kind of like blind confidence to be no. able to be like i'm gonna just throw like and i'm sure it was <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna try to make a valuation on your business but when you're buying a restaurant that's a lot of fucking money yeah no, you know, I, was, I, I was just thinking that I was just thinking, like, crazy. like the day to day, like the going in and saying, like, how do you like even? Ah, like, I have a yeah. hard time buying five hundred dollars shoes, you know. Like, I was <laughs> definitely, I was definitely ignorant, um, incredibly ignorant. Um, I, uh, you know, I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll figure this out. You know, it can't be that hard. Obviously, I was, you know, just naive, young, dumb. You know, just like, you know, this is, I'll, I'll make this work and it's perfect because it's making money. I don't have to be there all the time as a manager and, and I can still hang out here and I can do my MBA at the same time. That was the other thing I, I was doing at the same time was my MBA. You know, my, my, my grandmother was like, when I, you know, when I got fired, she's like, well, you know, if you go back to school, I'll pay for your MBA. I was like, all right, fuck it. You know, I'll, I'll go do it. Not, not really thinking twice about anything. I was like, I'll figure it out. And, and whatever, I figured it out to a degree. I figured out that I never wanted to buy a restaurant again in my life. That's, I definitely <laughs> figured out. Nice. Well, in the middle of all that, I, Javi's dad is selling 32nd Corway. Javi tells me in passing, he's like, oh, my dad wants to sell a gas station. I look at him. I'm literally like, hey, let's buy it together. 
mind you, again, naive, dumb, no fucking idea what the hell. And he's like, nah, nah, I don't want to get into that business. So all right, I mean, I'll tell my dad. I think it would be good for my dad, kind of like for, you know, a good retirement type gig for him. I tell my dad, he's like, oh, okay, okay. Whatever. Long story short, my dad is dragging his feet, being a little bitch about it. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> it. I call Javi's dad. And literally within 20 minutes, we made a deal. Uh, and and nothing. We made a deal. And I was like, okay, I have to get financing, which I've never done in my life. Um <laughs> You know, we'll make it contingent upon that. It's like, all right, cool. Obviously, because it's Javi's dad, I, he was cool with it. Mm-hmm. If it was anybody else, I think he would have told me to go fuck myself. Uh, right. <laughs> but um, whatever. So we, we made the deal. I end up buying – it's crazy. I end up buying my the gas station. And um, they sent me to mobile school. It was a mobile gas station. So I had to go two weeks to Virginia. To learn how to like run a gas station, which in hindsight was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, <laughs> so they sent me to mobile school in Virginia. I'm over there for two weeks, uh, learn that whole business, come back, take over the station. And honestly, I really still didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, but. Whatever, I, I got in there, I started just like playing around with different ideas, different concepts, re- knowing very quickly that I needed to change the, the norm. Um, adapt social media, which I'd never been done for in a, in a done before in a gas station. Uh, you know, we're talking now 2010. Think about that. I mean, this is like, you know, Facebook was kind of cool uh, at the time. Instagram really wasn't, didn't even exist. Maybe right. if it if it did, I didn't fucking know about it because I'm not that techie. Um, Twitter, I remember like I, Twitter was around and like I had a guy that I would pay like 20 bucks to tweet for me for the tremendous fuel. Um, and dude, I was just like trying to figure it out. And, and then I bought three more a year later. And what's crazy about that is that Aziz, six months after I buy, buys them out, I buy them out gets diagnosed with uh, stage four lung cancer and he passes away six months after that. Um, so it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, and that whole world too, you know, Javi's dad was like a dad to me as well. Uh, so, you know, this is a guy that, you know, I don't know if you ever met him, Carlos, Javi's father, Mm -hmm. but he was, you know, in his funeral, there was over 3000 people. And we're talking about a guy that you would see on the street and you never think that he impacted so many people and quietly. That was the biggest thing about him. Humbly, he helped so many people and quietly. And all these people showed up. There was a line. It was, it was actually it was so impressive and such a tribute. And then you start wondering about your own life. Like, fuck, if I die, who the fuck's going to show up? Is it going to be a line? Or is it going to be people going <laughs> like... So there are going to be people trying to kick my coffin, like, down the fucking street. Like, <laughs> you know? You start feeling like, man, what an asshole I am, really. Uh, so, so it was uh, it was interesting. And, you know, I, I hate to be like a fucking Debbie Downer, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely bringing up oh, too man. crazy. But it, it kind of all intertwines to my life kind of coming together. And maybe that's maybe why I look at things. I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. You know, let's, I don't, I don't think too much into things when I'm making a decision, I feel like, you know, we'll figure it out. We're going to figure it out. 
you know, I started a barricade company a, a year and a half ago and uh, I'm like literally like Bob's barricades. We're making barricades and, and closing streets and making street signs. It's called Trafico. Um, and, and dude, you know, year one, we, we did over like a million dollars in revenue and I have no fucking idea how, uh, mind you, <laughs> we're broke. Uh, we have no fucking money, but you know, we, we still, we, we were able to bill over a million dollars in revenue without right. having any clue what the fuck we're doing. But I, I, I kept looking at this business and feel like, who the fuck is this guy, Bob? And why is he the only guy? And, right, right. you know, and like. No, and that's like, how people shit. end up dead in the street. My <laughs> talking shit about Bob. Well, you know what? <laughs> Fucking learned... mafioso, i.e. And the next thing you know, you're being drug out at the middle of the What's street, getting hit with that... my own traffic cone, telling you like this is Bob. <laughs> message from Bob. <laughs> For sure. Well, what I learned is Bob is actually his name is Happy Alter, uh, yeah. and he lives in in Broward. I swear to God, Google this guy, Happy Alter. <laughs> uh google this guy when you get a moment if you want to do it right now you'll you'll get a good kick um and and nothing man this guy is, wow. is turned in an, an empire uh so now nah, man you know that's kind of how i've gone about things i i've been you know i've been lucky you know very very lucky uh they've definitely had my ass handed to me a few times um but you know that's life no uh, uh yeah, it's never gonna be pretty <clears throat> so, 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 the, the, so people say that luck you say it's you say you're lucky and there's some people that believe that luck is the literally the intersection of when like everything that you know and experience is also met with opportunity and being able to understand like that moment um what do you attribute i guess your success in being able to find those moments you know i, I think just being yeah like i think realizing that it's an opportunity and you gotta like take it and uh, and realize that you know you might not get this opportunity again uh, ever. So might as well take the chances. It's it's going back to the the Trafico thing. The the reason I I had been thinking about this for years and literally this guy knocked on the door of 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 a, of a of a company of a friend of mine. And he used to do that. He did this for 12 years. He did barricades and street signs and he was out of work. And my buddy calls me. He's like, Hey, he's like, I got this guy here. You want to do something with him? I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, so let's do it. And literally we incorporated it and we started a company and we're off we went and running. Um, but you know, it was just, it was luck that Xander, my partner knocked on my buddy's door, you know, and shit like that. So, you know, it's, it's, um, you gotta you gotta be willing to take it, you know advantage of the situations and 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 realize that they're not gonna come often, you know and and you know losing and 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 failing sucks and like I we talked about earlier you know I I felt embarrassed when I was fired like that that feeling is 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 a tough pill to swallow but you know unfortunately like if you're not failing you're not really trying uh, so That's right, man. you know you I'm a firm believer in that. You got it. You, you got a failing. Failing is just part of it. Uh, you know, there's, I fail so many times every single day on so many different things, but you know, you just take them and you move on and, 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 and you try to figure out how to get better. But, um, you know, going so, back to your question, uh, you just got to take advantage of the opportunity, man, when it's presented. 
And you just, yeah. And so now, now the, the bit, the question I have is, uh, whose idea was it to start implementing green shakes and acai bowls and, you know, health foods. And then of course there's the, the, you have a great beer selection at your, at your locations. So, so whose idea was to implement that? Cause that's right. my favorite part. Dude, I mean, I, 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 that's my favorite crunch. part. You guys yes. like, changed the world <laughs> in Miami. When you started putting was, crunch. So that's so the, let me go to the healthy component. The healthy component starts because of that. I'm crossfitting and I'm, you know, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to the CrossFit games. Uh, you know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dude, don't get it twisted. Mike was one of the fire breathers in the classroom. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah like, like an early, like an early inceptor, like fire breather, like before anything really counted, you know, when 155 pounds is heavy, you know. <laughs> uh, like I, I, I look at the other day I was watching some of your guys shit and like on your sub, I, your channel your YouTube channel and like I was, you guys did a workout or something and um, I was like watching that I was like I can't even fucking pretend to even miss doing like a clean and jerk <laughs> or like a deadlift or any of that shit and then like the weight and then I'm like man I used to pick up like 225 like it was like that was like the warm up now I'm like I literally feel like my body would like explode that <laughs> if I like picked up if I picked up like 135. You know, I'm I'm here like doing Pilates like a chick in my backyard, <laughs> like you know, and and I feel like I'm getting a hell of a workout, and and you guys are throwing weight around like if it's cool. Uh, but dude, going back to so I'm CrossFitting, I'm like, and people are like, they're looking for paleo products, and this was like. You know, I, I think Jesus Christ said, hey, CrossFitters need to eat paleo. And, like, everybody went crazy <laughs> trying to find paleo shit. And you couldn't find it anywhere. It's not like how it is now. So, exactly. So, whatever. I Googled paleo shit, and there was this guy out of, like, Philadelphia. I was getting, like, inner city kids that were in trouble to, like, package his shit. And I was like, this guy's genius. He's getting free labor, and he's fucking tapping the, labor, the, the, the paleo market. So I started buying his shit. It was super expensive. The guy wouldn't give me a break on anything. Uh, and he would, uh, I had to pay for shipping, everything. So I started selling it and I started realizing, you know, these people want healthy shit and people want healthier options. So we started doing it and I, and I started growing that business a lot and I blew out a whole corner of the store and we built the juice bar, the smoothie bar, the, we started cold pressing juices, which was a whole fucking. So I was the other thing. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be the next Google Fresh. Um, so we started literally. Lucky you, you're not. <laughs> no, no. You know, I, I quickly. It's funny because it's not funny. But when I started that business of making juices, I, I, t I remember telling somebody, I was like, this business is unsustainable. I was like, there's no way a juice business bar alone will make any money and be able to to, to keep making money because the margins were nothing um so whatever long story short and then my brother let me premise this by saying i do not drink any beer i don't drink really anything i'm i've really never been a drinker and if i drink it's like tequila on the rocks and that's it my brother is a craft beer dork like literally the the Beer dork of the beer dork of all time is my brother. And, <laughs> you know. Is he younger than you or older than you? No, he's younger. He's okay. younger. So my brother, 
my brother graduates college and he's like, my parents are like, Hey, you got to give this guy a job. I'm like, what? He's like eight, he's seven years younger than me. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, mm, no. And they're like, yes, he needs a job. I was like, fine, whatever. You can come work with me at the gas station. I said, all right, dude. I literally put this kid at the fucking cashier, like, you know, cleaning toilets. Like he literally worked from the bottom. <laughs> uh, but it was, you know, it was a good lesson for him. Um, and, but at the same time, he's the one that started with the craft beer shit. And he's like, Hey, we got to do craft beer. We got to do craft beer. I said, all right. I was like, I gave him a rack. I was like, here's one rack, order some craft beer. Dude, we went from one rack that to today. Like it's literally, it's our largest, largest segment and fastest mover and biggest mover in all of our stores is craft beer. Uh, yeah. so which is what you're delivering. You're delivering it now with, with we're, this whole we're situation. Gonna, we're going to move to delivering the craft beer because people just can't get enough of it. You know, I, I, every, I always tell myself, uh, this is, this is the year that craft beer is going to be, everybody's going to be over it. You know, it's going to, it's a fad <laughs> and not, it's, it keeps growing. It keeps growing. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's stabilized. It wasn't as wild as it was, you know, four or five years ago, but it's, it's still an incredible, uh, business for us. Um, so man, you know, that's kind of where, you know, it's, it's an interesting because like my brother hates working out. My brother doesn't do anything healthy. Uh, so our, you know, the store is kind of divided like into two evils, you know, the healthy side and then the dark side. Um, so no, nah, man, you know, it's, it's, that's it's worked great. out. You know, he, he, my brother, uh, doesn't own any of the business, but he acts like he owns everything. So it, it works in my favor. Uh, he's, he's like the face. Uh, I try to stay behind the scenes as much as possible. Um, but, but yeah, man, it's, it's kind of, um, it's, it's work. It's work for us. The, you know, I fight with him all the time. He has no idea about cash flow. Um, so, you know, it's a constant battle. Uh, but you know, it's, it's working with family, you know, you know how it is. So, yeah. So now, and, and, and so we, with that, I, I think it's phenomenal. First of all, and I, I love your logo, by the way. So I don't know whoever designed that mad props to them. And I definitely, if you still have any hats in your inventory, I definitely want one. Oh, yeah. just throwing that out Me there. Too, right man. Definitely oh, come by. Man. Yeah, I will definitely order, order, so, order some beer online and I'll drop it off. Okay. Perfect. So, so now I just want to shift gears for a second because so here I'm, 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 I'm scrolling through Instagram one day and uh -huh. one of, uh, one of our mutual friends, uh, his name, his name's George also actually. And, and we, um, I come uh, one day I'm, I come across this post and he, and, and I see, I see Mike Mendez at an event at FIU. This is like this is like a few, I don't know. This was recent, very recent. Something like about the baseball program. What's, what's your involvement currently with, with FIU and what's, what keeps you going back to, to be involved with FIU? So I, I went to FIU, uh, undergrad and graduate uh, school. I played baseball there, as I said. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate. Um, I sat on the board. I was on the board of directors for the university for uh, 10 years. I termed out about two years ago. Um, so I, I oversaw with the board, we oversaw anything that had to do with the endowment and, um, 
so we're the ones who did all the that that world of of the foundation aspect of the university uh, mm-hmm. which is I don't know if a lot of people understand how the endowment works or whatever but you know we we basically would subsidize a lot of everything in the university through the endowment um so on top of that I oversaw as my role from there I oversaw the athletic department so I sat up I oversaw like as a as a foundation board member as a director I oversaw the trustees and athletics and then also the law school um so those were kind of the two things that I I sat on uh specifically but going back you know I don't know if you know the story Carlos but when I was at Westminster in 1996 my junior year my uncle was one of the brothers to the rescue pilots that was shot down uh, it was what 20, 20, almost twenty five years ago, twenty four years ago. Um, so I didn't know that. Okay. So yeah, that happened my junior year. Um, I still remember like it was yes, I was I was in my Westminster baseball uniform, sitting at at Coral Gables Ford, because my dad and my mom made a deal with me, and like if I had a good game on that Saturday, they would buy me a car. And I was like, perfect, you know, so I, I had a good game. So we went, we were at the Ford dealership and I'm sitting there. I'm about to get my sport, my uh, Ford Explorer I've been dying for. And, you know, I'm, I'm a 16 year old fucking punk, uh, you know, a brat. And, and so whatever, I'm, I'm about to get this car and we're sitting at this dealership and I'm sitting in the waiting room with my mom. My dad's trying to do the whole paperwork, wheeling and dealing, you know, bullshit. And uh, on the TV, I still remember Channel 7, they're like, oh, something about Brothers to Rescue Planes missing. I, you know, I see my mom literally, like, falls off her chair. This is her brother. Uh, oh her, her, only bro- wow. her only brother. Oh, I honestly wasn't putting two and two together yet. Um, and finally, she, like, I, I'm like, what's going on? She's like, your uncle was flying today. I was just like, oh. And so we literally ran from there to the hangar in Opalaka Airport. And literally, it was the longest night of my life. Be- not obviously because it was more that it was the unknown. Like, we didn't know what right. the hell had just happened. We didn't understand the severity of it. We didn't understand the magnitude of how much our lives were going to change from that single moment. Um, and again, I was only 16 years old, so I was incredibly naive of what the fuck was happening uh, and what an international presence this was going to become. Um, so, you know, what, going, <laughs> what's even crazier about that day is that as we're driving to the hangar, I'm driving my mom to the hangar. She's obviously freaking out. She's trying to get a hold of my grandmother uh, great. I hold my grandfather and what the hell, you know, this is like pre, like really everybody having a cell phone. Uh, you know, so the literally the day before that, on that Saturday at school, I'm sorry, that Friday at school, I got in a fist fight with you over a body. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I was three feet away, bro. <laughs> so <laughs> I get in a fight yeah, with you. One of our classmates. his head open. You know, I don't tell my parents anything, obviously. <laughs> But on that drive, I'm like, let me take the opportunity that she's distracted. <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah. What a great sense of timing you have. <laughs> way, to, way, way to read a moment. I was like, hey, mom, let me tell you something. You know, and it's crazy. I still had my uniform shirt in my book bag in the car, and it was covered in Hugo's blood. <laughs> I got a fight at school, and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just want to let you know, you know, whatever. I was like, she's never going to remember this, which she never <laughs> fucking did. But, yeah, I mean, it shows you how fucking – Tone death I was of what the hell was going on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man! Wow, you know, those, that, I remember that, and that, the other thing I remember was crazy. Like so, finally, like it's like one in the morning. Literally, this hangar is like covered with FBI agents, uh, all sorts of police, the news, the media. I'm still in my baseball uniform, and I was like, I tell my like my mom is like, go to your grandmother's house and take a shower and come back. So I walk out and, and Rick Sanchez, I don't know if you guys remember Rick Sanchez. Oh yeah, of course. Oh my God. So this guy's like, sees me as like, you know, uh, the sacrificial lamb. He's like following me <laughs> to my car. And I still remember his, his question was, what's the mood like in there? I'm like, I look at this guy, I'm like, are you fucking serious? I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, everybody's just having a party? Like, <laughs> What kind of question what is that? What the fuck do you think? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm tone deaf. This motherfucker is fucked up. Like, you know, so, you know, but now, mm-hmm. man, you know, I kind of like, so going back, you know, the whole thing with my family, we, we, we become very involved in international stuff and, and human mm-hmm. rights issues. So that kind of catapults my, my, my family. Uh, starts a nonprofit, Carlos Costa Foundation, which eventually, when I got old enough, I, I started to head up. And when I when I started heading it up, I got involved in a lot of stuff via the FIU channel. So FIU's law school was getting off the ground, so I saw that it was a great opportunity for us to start the human rights uh, the human rights immigration clinic. So the, the, there's a human rights immigration clinic at the law school at FIU that's named after my uncle. So there, anybody who has any immigration issues or human rights violations will be represented by the, by the students uh, and the faculty member that, that runs it uh, free of charge. Uh, so that's kind of something that we spearheaded there. We also spearheaded within the other families um, a bunch of different um, scholarships that are endowed for, I think, I think now we've endowed over like three and a half million dollars. Um, uh, collectively, I think between my, our family and the other families, we've given FIU about five million dollars in different grants and things throughout the throughout the years. So that's kind of how my involvement got in, in as far as in the foundation of the university got involved. And then obviously I played baseball. It's always been close to my heart. Um, yeah. And, you know, this opportunity arose for me to be able to name the locker room uh, and nothing, man. So George Corton, you know, presented me the opportunity and and it was cool, man. I, I you know, I, uh, I was able to do that. By, you know, luckily and fortunately enough, my wife was behind the idea and 
you know, because we had to stroke a big check to do that. It wasn't like because I, I had an amazing career at FIU and they were going to name a, right. a locker room. <laughs> not, no, right. motherfucker, you're going to pay for this. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 yeah, man, I, I was able to do that. And, and it was cool, man. It was cool. It was, it's great. You know, it's great to be able to take my kids back and, and they can see that and, and the locker room named after me. And, you know, I can... You know, if all if all shit falls apart in life, I can always say I did one little thing right there, and they can always find my my name on that wall. So it was cool, man. It was cool. It was uh, awesome. it was definitely a um, a real cool experience. Wow, so, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, I, I would say you've done a lot of things a lot of things right. Man. <clears throat> yeah, we try. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's cool, man. Don't we all? Yeah. So you're you're 40 when did you turn 40 i turned 40 june 22nd of uh last year june 22nd. so last year when i turned 40 <clears throat> i have a little place in in colorado and snowmass so for my 40th i took all my friends and my family to snowmass um to colorado to spend a week with me over there uh, so I put everybody up in, in different hotels and whatever over there and, and it was a great time. So our, our, our mutual friend, Javi, uh, day one, we decide we're going to go downhill mountain biking and whatever we go downhill mountain biking, the first run, everybody was great. You know, Javi is a big pussy. So, you know, he's going down the bike, like sitting on his ass as slow as possible, whatever. So second run down, he's like, he grows a little bit of balls. Whatever, long story short, he ended up in the hospital for about two days <laughs> right after that ride. He broke his collarbone, fractured, I don't know how many oh, ribs, no. punctured a lung. No, no, the guy was oh, oh, big time. So, so, but yeah, that was my 40th, man. It was, it was a great trip. Uh, outside of how he fucking himself up, it was, a, it was a great trip to take everybody out to like, uh, what I, it's our little escape. So we, we love to spend time over there as a family and, and, um, and it's cool, man. So my parents had never like been to like altitude like that. So that was interesting to watch them basically kind of sit there and drown <laughs> because they couldn't breathe. <laughs> um, so, uh, but it was cool. It was cool seeing snow in June, uh, was, was definitely a changing life changing for them. So, but it was cool, man. It was cool. Nice. So that was my awesome. 40th. Are you enjoying being in your 40s? You know, I forget all the time. Um, you know, I forget, except in the mornings after I work out and, like, my body is creaking and my knees are are all out of whack. You know, I forget that I'm 40. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I had my second open heart surgery about two years ago. Um, so that was probably... So I, I wasn't I, I wasn't gonna bring it up. I said to myself, oh, if he no, brings what? it up, if he bring I don't know I, because wait, know, hold on a know, second. So, wait, yeah. hold on. Now I have a book yes. to take with my podcast partner. You knew that one of our guests had not one but two open heart surgeries, and you're like, <laughs> I'm gonna wait for him to bring it up. Well, yeah, I don't know. You, I, I, you know, I just didn't want to assume that it was okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's a he's a clinician, so HIPAA. Got it. Oh, see, I'm the I'm the tacky one here. Oh my God, you had two open heart surgeries. Tell me all about it. Mike yeah, saved my ass no. on that one. What? Uh, 
I had my first one when I was five, and and I mean whatever. It was it's not whatever. Obviously, if my daughter had open heart surgery and she's five now, I think I would literally drown myself in in a, in a pool. Um, you know that would be incredibly impactful for me. Uh, so sure. I can't imagine for my parents what the hell they went through. Uh, mind you, this is no Google at that time. There's nothing to like, you're literally a doctor's coming out and like, yeah, your son needs to have archer. And you're like, okay. You know, there's no like questioning or second guessing at that time. Um, so, you know, they fixed my aortic valve. I was going to actually going to be the second child in the world. that was going to have the balloon put in and long story short, they went in there, they were able to fix it and off I went. Mm -hmm. But under the premise that I was never going to play like any real sports, that was like kind of like the hook. Whatever. Long story short, I just started playing baseball till I was like 11, and I was like, I was begging the doctor, begging, 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 finally let me play. They thought I was gonna suck. Well, unfortunately, I I didn't suck, and so I, at some point they were like, you need to stop playing. This is too much pressure. I was like, well, you can't take it away now. So whatever. Life went on. It lasted me from when I was five till I was 38 years old, and I needed to basically replace my valve at 38. So now I have a cow valve as my aortic valve, um, and I had that surgery done in Cleveland at the Cleveland Clinic uh, two years ago, and you know it was uh, it was a really different experience this time going into it. Obviously, I'm, I was a father. Um, um, you know, my whole family flew in, you know, it was like 40 Cubans in the waiting room in Cleveland. I would love the footage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, my best friend, Javi went, uh, his wife, his mom, um, they went, you know, and they, they, uh, they spent a week over there in Cleveland with me. Um, and you know, it was, it was so I was like cool as a cucumber, like, ah, you know, then comes five o'clock in the morning, the day of surgery, September 20th. And I'm like, it's five o'clock and it starts, shit starts hitting me. I get to the, the OR and they're like, start prepping me, shaving me. And then they're like, all right, you know, you got a couple minutes with your family before we got to take you. I was like, oh, fuck. And like literally, I started like losing my shit. Like I started crying, like I, uncontrollably. I was like freaking out. I started firing off emails to like friends that weren't there, but they're really close to them, telling them, you know, I know nothing's gonna happen, but if it does, you know, I love you, and you know, wow, all this dude, shit. That's, that's insane. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Like these intense feelings, and you know, in the last like five ten minutes, and. And I, you know, and whatever, and I go into the the OR, and the doctor's like, "Yeah, you're you're nervous." Huh? I was like, "Fuck yeah, I am." And you know, so I I I remember telling my wife and telling Javi, I said, "Listen, the one thing I'll tell you is that when I wake up, if I'm still on the ventilator, please tell them to put me back under because I'm claustrophobic, and and I will I will lose my shit." And that was like my biggest thing I was super nervous about is waking up and still being on this breathing tube. Um, well, whatever. I woke up, I was on the fucking breathing tube. Uh, nobody listened to me. Uh, I had this <laughs> blowing into my mouth. I'm trying to breathe against it. I'm freaking out. Well, you know, fortunately, like 
you know, Javi spent the night with me, which was interesting. He spent the entire night with me. He didn't sleep and he stayed in there with me and like fighting for me because like I was in so much pain and I really didn't realize how much pain I was going to be in. Um, and because my morphine thing wasn't working. Um, so, you know, he's there fighting. But what was crazy is that, you know, a girl next to me had the same surgery. She was the same age, 38, and she died uh, oh next to me. God, and like, oh like in recovery, gosh, in recovery, post-surgery. Oh God. <clears throat> and like, you know, so I didn't know what was happening because Javi was kind of trying to shade it from me. And like, you know, I was obviously in and out of it. And he told me like about a week later, as I was like recovering and stuff like that, he said, you know, that girl next to you didn't make it. And like, I was like, what? He's like, yeah, look, crying and crying. I couldn't, I, you know, one, that was one of the hardest things was post-surgery was like getting a hold of my emotions and like, I would cry for anything. Like, I was like, I was just a fucking wreck. And, uh, you know, emotionally, mentally, I definitely went through a, a phase of depression. Um, you know, very quickly, I, I realized and my wife realized it real quick, too. And she's like, she can tell that I was getting really depressed. So, like, we flew home as fast as we could because I needed to get home. I needed to get home. I needed to, like, change my, my where I was at. I needed to get out of a hospital, right. hotel room. You know, I needed to get off narcotics. I was, like, fucking, you know, like, sweating like a pig everywhere. Uh, and finally, when I, as soon as I got home and I saw my kids and like that whole switch changed, like I immediately got better and like mentally got better real fast. And, you know, I was, I was, you know, walking. So I was, went from like walking literally like a hundred steps to, to walking miles in a couple of weeks to eventually, you know, I took it upon myself. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going to run a marathon by the time my year is up. So I did, I ran the Chicago marathon. Uh, I think literally a week after the year of my surgery. So fucking a, bro! Yeah. Holy shit! And God. I'm not a runner. Let me tell you that I'm not a fucking runner. Like, no, you know how runner? I know that. You know how I know that? So this is okay. So the thing is that you guys know, like, and as admittedly, like, we know each other from back and working out. Um, yeah. There would these do these things where they would like have different tests of fitness to like rank everybody in the gym to see yeah. who, you know, not. And it leaderboards. Was, like, and yeah, and so, and Mike was always going to make the team, right? Like he's been very, very fit. But one of these tests that we had to run was like, I don't know if it was like a 5K for time or whatever. And all I knew was, was like, if I just stay like one step <laughs> the entire way, I could hold on and maybe catch him and have a good score. But Mike can't run apparently. And I didn't know that. And so when I beat no, him, I was really? like, I beat Mike Mendes in a 5K run. I'm a sprinter. <laughs> And the sprint better be like fifty yards. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, dude. For sure, dude. I'm like literally, dude. I'm five eight on a good day, depending on what sneakers I'm wearing, <laughs> and fucking two hundred pounds. I mean, that's a lot of fucking shit to move in like in a small small frame. So you know, uh, it's I'm I'm so, but it's crazy. Is I've actually run two marathons, and I'm I was supposed to run now in April the the paris marathon april 5th it was supposed to be actually this no i'm sorry yeah it's supposed to be uh this yesterday weekend. no yeah y- yes you're correct yesterday it was supposed to be yesterday so now it's actually postponed to october if that's still supposed is going to happen but um but yeah i mean you know it, training and the whole thing for a marathon i fucking hate every second of it 
hate it. Yeah. Like, I literally fight myself to get out of bed to go run. But I do it, and then the day of the why? race, it's why? worth why, it. Why, 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 why? Why do you – like, how do you go from I hate every second to it to – but I do it like that. But I do it part is that's the part. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, 26 eat. miles, you say? That okay. Makes me so, yeah. I get so, I, I love that part. Like everything yeah. about the activity that it is that oh, you're doing is yeah. like, no. Do it anyway. Same, no, do it anyway. Like same, it's like the same thing. Like this morning, my trainer was coming to the house. And every time he's about to get to the house, I'm like, fuck, I hope he cancels. Fuck, I hope he cancels. Fuck, I hope he cancels. <laughs> And then he pulls up and I'm like, fuck, he's here. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck. And then like, you know, obviously like I want to work out, but at the same time, I don't want to work out, you know, like. But he has you doing, he has you doing cool, cool shit though. You have a boxer guy, right? Yeah, Yeah, Manny, Manny. Yeah. Dude, he has you doing some really effective stuff. When you post it on Instagram, you post it on your stories. I'm like, dude, like that's, that's some really good stuff he has you doing. I, 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 so I challenge him a lot to basically keep my attention uh and that's the only way to keep me like keep my attention is to be changing up shit and get like creative because if not I, I get bored and i'll literally my my add kicks in and i'm i'm literally on my cell phone and i'm not even paying right. attention to anything. you know so right. uh that's the type of shit like i need constant change uh and especially when working out so <clears throat> we do a lot of those things like that and a lot of sprinting type works, you know, stuff like that to like just keep my attention. Um, and then, you know, I, I mix it up with different things every once in a while, like Pilates and uh, I do camps every once in a while. I don't know if you guys have tried that, <clears throat> but you know, anything I can to, to mix it up. But, you know, one of the things I started late, I would say like last year was working out at 6 a.m. And, you know, I, I was never, I was always a, a hater about working out in the morning and working out that early. But let me tell you, man, it was a fucking game changer. And that's probably one of the biggest things I did when I turned 40 was start working out at, at early in the morning. And it gave me so much more energy uh, throughout the day and, and even throughout the night. And I'm, I'm a person, too, that I typically, I don't sleep a lot. I'm good at, like, between four to five hours a night. Uh, but you know, it, it took a lot for me because I was going to bed at two in the morning, you know, and I'll, I was getting up at five. So I was like really sleeping, nothing. Um, you know, so I had to kind of go through that whole phase and start getting used to getting up to work out at six in the morning. And it was, it was really a game changer. This whole COVID shit is fucking my world up right now, but you know, uh, hopefully I'll get yeah. back into that routine soon, but it, um, yeah. I will definitely, if whoever doesn't work out in the morning now and as we get older, I just highly suggest it. It's, it's really a game changer. Yeah. As far yeah, as energy. No, I, I, yeah. No, as far as energy, I agree. No, definitely, yeah. man. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, and, and you're holding it down, you know, George and I are trying to hold it down, you know, we're doing, we're doing it too. And we're just, you know, whatever, whatever gets, whatever gets it done, you know, we're all improvising, you know, in this, in this time, but as long as the fitness gets in and, yeah. you know, we're, we're, and, you know, it's, it's at least on, on my end. Um, and I think George, maybe for you too, it's, it's been easier to track meals and to, you know, really keep, keep the nutrition part in order, uh, yeah. which has been, 
you know, it's a, it's a huge, huge benefit. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> like, no, one day is great. And I'm like, I can do this forever. And then yeah. the next day I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. What have I done my entire <laughs> life? I'm like, what is going on? What day is it? But what are we doing? Like, no, wait, excuse but George, me, what the fuck you, is going on? What, what, what's going on? And, then, George, and then the next day I'm like, a, okay. But you are a world-renowned powerlifter now. You're like a... <laughs> You're like world famous. Legit. You and your husband are both like world renowned powerlifters. Legit as fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no like real at like practical application to being able to deadlift 500 pounds. Um, other than like <laughs> shit starts falling literally apart and you got to pick heavy shit up, right? Right. And so yeah, we're not still, there yet. But, but still, man, yeah. it's crazy. Would you have thought when you started CrossFit 10 years ago at I Am CrossFit and the game was, you're going to be fucking powerlifting in shows for a competition for medals? No, 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 no. no. It was And never... winning. And winning. No. You know? He's so fucking strong. George is so fucking strong. It's not even funny, no, man. Jesus yeah, Christ. That's why I'm so it's... fast. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but dude, it's it's crazy. It's crazy, yeah, you know, like how life takes you in these crazy twists and turns. And you know, I'm I'm doing Pilates. George is a fucking powerlifter, and Carlos is fucking <laughs> over here, you know, skinnier like a male model. You know what the fuck are we gonna do? You know, the world is falling apart. <laughs> the world. <laughs> world is falling what the fuck what the fuck is going on yeah. <laughs> so so dude i have i at least for me it, it it the last question i have is what what's going on with 40 and fashion oh, <laughs> oh no no okay i want to clarify carlos's question with a like yes. your uh answerable question is um mike Mendez, name your three like style icons that you look towards or that influence you the most in this in this because when you talk about fashion i think you talk about like just the clothes that you wear and i like to talk about style which is more like the vibe that you want to present and so that i definitely would say that, that 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 right there yes that if i were to pick like three guys that i like say all right these guys are like i want to exude who they are uh i would definitely say tom Tom Hardy is one of them. Um, I think he's just a cool as fuck motherfucker. Um, yeah. I I love Justin Timberlake. I think he's just like like another just cool fucking confident dude. Um, you know, I I I wish I had his confidence when he came to like dancing and singing. Um, <laughs> and and I would say as a third, you know. Uh, Man, that's a good question. I'm I'm stuck on my third. I definitely like uh, what's this guy? The uh, 007. Uh, what's his name? Daniel Craig. Yeah, I think he's another really cool, put together, cool dude. Um, yeah. You know that 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 they know who they are. You know, and I yeah. you know if, if I'm sure if you look at all three of those guys, especially like Tom Hardy and Justin Timberlake. You know, especially Justin Timberlake you know, look at all his phases of fashion from his, you know, blonde afro to... That denim <laughs> tuxedo. Yeah. You know, to today, you know, he's just a cool dude. And, you know, and and um, I would definitely say, like, I, I try to, like, emulate, you know, that vibe. And more than anything else, 
as far as fashion for me, it's become a lot more just casual. You know, I don't, I don't, fortunately, I don't have to wear like nice clothes to work or I don't have to dress up. You know, I, I don't, I can go in my gym clothes if I want. Um, so that doesn't help in my casual component, <laughs> but you know, I've, I've been able to find, you know, some like really key, like cool t-shirts that I, I stick to, they're all plain, you know, like I don't, I'm not big into any font these days anymore. Everything is kind of, you know, a lot of denim, denim shirts, denim, denim, <laughs> anything. So jean jackets. Uh, I definitely love being out in Colorado and being able to wear all that shit out there. So yeah, I would definitely sure. characterize your like aesthetic being more West Coast and more East Coast. Um, yeah, for sure. has an LA like sensibility to it. Um, which Correct. speaks to your ho- your time in Hollywood and like your appreciation for that. So no, definitely, I I definitely love that there. I think LA is always you know ahead of the curve on everything, especially on the food side. Um, so I I spend a lot of time actually Instagram stalking different like convenience stores and stores that I want to be like from LA because they're so ahead of the curve, which sometimes bites me in the ass. You know, we were carrying kombucha six years ago and we couldn't fucking find a single person to buy kombucha from us. Uh, and yeah. like, and and now like we can't even keep it on the shelf. But, you know, uh, we're, I'm always looking at the West Coast and, and New York too, you know, for 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 ideas on, 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 on all fronts. You know, they're ahead of the curve on a lot of things. So, you know, we're, awesome. we live in a little bubble here in Miami. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's unique. It's completely. Yeah. It's like unique for sure, man. There's it's like there's unique. nothing like it. Everybody always asks me that question, like, "Would you ever live anywhere else?" I'm like, "Fuck no, no, uh-uh. no way, dude. Never, Mm-mm. never, yep. never, ever will I live anywhere else besides Miami." You know, That's right, like, bro. Amen. No way, man. I can go anywhere in the world, and I love it. And I think there's. I've been some of the most beautiful places in the world. Dude, there's no place like home in Miami. As fucked up as this right. place is sometimes, it's still, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. still, it's home and, and the culture and the, the weirdness and the funniness about it just makes it home, you know? Yeah, man. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Through and through. Well, man, I, hey, I, I, I really I enjoyed having you on, man. This is amazing. I really, really enjoyed, you know, hearing you out, hearing everything I, I, you know, we learned more about you and, uh, and, and I, man, that's, that's awesome. Thanks for being on dude. For real. Nah, dude, it was awesome. I'm honestly, uh, you know, I told you this at, at Javi's party when I saw you is, you know, hats off to you guys for having the balls to do this. Um, and to get this off the, the ground and, and running, you know, I'm, I'm a huge podcast fan period on all podcasts. Uh, but you know, the fact that I know two people that started a podcast makes me really excited at the same time, very jealous, uh, you know, on a, on a good, on a good thing. Um, I, I wish you guys incredible success in this, in this, uh, endeavor. And, and I think you guys are onto something great. Uh, and, and yeah, man, whatever you guys need moving forward anytime, please feel free to reach out and, and I'll help you with whatever I can, but I, I, I think you guys are really onto some good things. And I, um, I feel really honored and privileged as your, my wife told you, Carlos, 
you made you you made my my year when you asked me to to be on this. So you know, I've been like a little kid all day waiting for your text. Oh, is he gonna text me? Is he gonna text me? Is he gonna text me? When's it coming? You know? Hell yeah, dude! Hell so, yeah, man! So, Not to yeah, mention, man. I I I really value being able to reconnect, man. And and yeah. thanks for uh thanks for the the kind words. We're definitely gonna have you on again. You know, where we can talk some more shit, and you know, it'll be. It, it, it'll be fun. So, so for tell sure. everyone where they can, where they can find you for, you know, uh, with everything, anything. I'm always at the back of the gas station at 32nd and Coral Way. So right. if you, if you see a black car parked on the side, I'm using the back office back there. Just ask for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, probably, you don't need a passcode or anything like that. Just ask for me. Uh, and I'll look at the cameras and I'll decide then if I want to come out and say hi to you. Um, <laughs> And, but no, I'm usually back there. You can find me on, on Instagram, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't even know what my handle is. Uh, I think it's Michael Mendes 30. Uh, my old yeah. like baseball number. Um, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes if anything. Yeah, and, and also for Mendes fuel, it's just at Mendes fuel, I believe. Right. Correct. At Mendes fuel, yeah. you'll find us there and, and then if whatever, want, man, you know, if people want to get a uh, delivery to their house or they want to uh, help out with your meal service, What's the best way for them to contact? Mendes Fuel, man, on the Instagram. In this, and on our Instagram, you know, uh, somebody's always checking that. And if there's a message there for me, they'll get it to me. Um, and I'm not always on it. I'm actually really never on it. But people are always checking on it. Uh, okay. So they'll definitely get it to me. Uh, or on just my personal Instagram, just reach out to me. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I'm private. I don't know what the story is. Uh, but <laughs> either way, you know, any one of those, you can always reach out to me. I'll be more than happy. You know, if anybody has any questions or, you know, if you're going to have from open heart surgery to getting fired, to, uh, <laughs> you know, anything like that. You know, I can I can definitely give you my two cents if you want it. <laughs> well, that's so, awesome, man. That's awesome. Bro. All right, guys. Well, well have right, a good man. night, and I appreciate it. And George, it was great seeing you, man. And I know you're you're big time now with your powerlifting career. And hopefully, I'll see you in ESPN <laughs> uh, throwing kegs in the strongest man competition soon. <laughs> When, when, as soon as they launched like the old, old man's division, I'll be like, <laughs> the master's, master's division, the, the, the master's, 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 master's gay, like 45 and up division. Yeah. Many subcategories. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> with, with, with some possible injuries, not sure. Yeah. Maybe. Adapt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. 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 For sure. Very niche category. I'm going to be uh, like, <laughs> mine is like five, eight and under, you know, heart surgery. <laughs> You know, several injuries. That's where I'm going to compete. So I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. That's awesome, man. Have a good All night, right, man. man. Thank you. You too, bro. Take bye, care, bye, man. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining bye. us. Right, thanks for joining us, dude. Right. How great was that? that was, yeah. uh, uh, that was awesome. That was so awesome, man. I don't know how to get off um, of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael, don't, don't go anywhere. Let, I, us, let us wrap up. So, Carlos, yeah, yeah. Okay. can everybody find you on the internet? They can find me at Carlos dot Escanilla and at Carlos three hundred five music. And you can find this podcast available to you now on Spotify, on iTunes, on 
Google Play, on Stitcher. You can find the podcast um, and YouTube. all of Michael's uh, businesses and things on Instagram at Milwaukee Media. Send us email inquiries to Media at gmail.com. And you can watch this entire episode in live streaming. Uh, well, no, not live streaming, Ooh. on video, on YouTube. Yeah, there's the pickle again. Woo! So I'm doing my stretches before I go to sleep. <laughs> I'll be good to go. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Bye. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>